Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Side to Side Sportscast, where it's your boys. We come to break it all down from the court side, the ring side, the sidelines. And for those sports they play outdoors, we outside, we side to side. That's how we ride. And you may recognize an unfamiliar face with us right now um, with your boy Will and CJ. We have our main man, James Moran, representing New York to the fullest uh, as a fan expert on the program with us today. James, we thank you for joining the show today. And um, tell us a little bit about yourself, your favorite teams and your favorite sports. I appreciate coming on with the boys, uh, filling in for uh, your boy Waddle and his misery. I'm a, I got the same misery, similar teams. Uh, my dad, big time Queens guy at his time, they were the four best teams in New York, Islanders fan, Mets fan, Knicks fan, Jets fan, 69 Jets, Mets, Knicks all win a championship man landed on the moon in the same year. Why, why not pick those teams? But now here I am living in new England. I'm 30 years old. I've never seen a championship. Born in 1990, most recent championship is 1986, the New York Mets. And it's been a tough, tough road. Uh, over 15,000 games played, I mm. think, for all my teams. Uh, so they're my favorite teams and my least favorite teams. I say the Jets are my favorite team, but they're my least favorite team in the NFL, too. I root for them, but I don't like them. <laughs> like, like, like they're, they're definitely like... Pats are my second least favorite team. Jets are my least, but I own 10 jet, Jets jerseys. So, uh, okay. yeah, you know, it's been a tough road. I don't know why I moved up here for the golden era. Like, people like CJ used to be lovable losers. Uh, and now, what, the Patrick McGillicuddy's in the world have been a 13 parades. Only parade I see is Thanksgiving, Macy's Day. So, it's been rough. Man, I'm no, as a New York fan moving to the New England territory, I could not imagine. But I can tell you, as a Dallas Cowboys fan, I grew up in Philadelphia, so I know what it's like to have a rival. But the difference is the Eagles weren't winning any titles during my, you know, 32 years that I lived in yeah. Philly. Um, they weren't winning any Super Bowls, right? That's one uh, thing about New England is, like, I grew up in New York where Mets, Yankees, Rangers, Islanders, Jets, Giants, you have this rivalry right. on the bus stop growing up. Yep. You come up here and it's six states that all root for the same team, and they're just, they're just all together in being, like, the worst people you know. So, like, they don't even know how to have a rivalry. It's 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 a whole mess up here, man. Oh, come on, now. Come on, that's not, that's not true of all of us. We definitely know how to have a rivalry. But, listen, you're a Mets guy. You're not part of that Yankees. You, you think you have a rivalry, a rivalry with the Yankees. It doesn't come I mean, yeah, I literally I got in a fight with Andrew Riggio on the sixth-grade bus stop Subway Series, man. Mets Yankees, that's like one of the worst <laughs> experiences of my life. I, I know what a rivalry with the Yankees is like. I actually like the Red Sox. So good, well, good, okay. good segue into experiences, right? So I'm going to ask you, first of all, what's your, your best fan fan experience and then i but before we get to that i want to put you on the spot a little bit i know that you've done a a trip to a stadiums with a bunch of your boys uh oh, yeah. you know if you want to talk about that a little bit because that's pretty cool i know that you've been to a, you know more one, one every year we just did year nine uh good way to see the country see games uh 
let me see, man. We did, we've done Indy, we've done Denver, Nashville, just went to Arizona for that Vikings missed 31 yard field goal week two uh, against the Cardinals, which was sick. Uh, we've done Seattle, Minnesota. So, I mean, it's awesome just seeing, oh, we've done Buffalo, which was the best by far. Oh, yeah, that was your favorite. Was that your fa- I was just going to ask you which one was your favorite. It was week three. They beat Denver. The quarterbacks were Tyrod Taylor and Brock Osweiler. And <laughs> it was like it was like the Bills won a Super Bowl. Like, I, I've never seen a crazy <laughs> environment in my entire life. And it was like a week three win to put them one and two. And it was incredible. So Buffalo by far is the best, like, tailgate fan. So, so experience-wise, Buffalo. But, like, what yeah. about what about who's got the best stadium? Minnesota. We went there. It was year two. It was like right after they had the Super Bowl. So Mercedes-Benz, brand new, absolutely unbelievable. Uh, worst stadium. Trying to think. Actually, Indy was sick too. Lucas Oil. It that game. It was Sunday Night Football. First one we went to. Andrew Luck playing the Pats. Loudest I've ever been in a stadium. Uh, the Jonas Gray four touchdown game. Cover okay. Sports Illustrated. Yeah. Cut the next week because he showed up late to practice. <laughs> so that was a sick one. And then the worst, Arizona actually was pretty a pretty terrible stadium. Uh, Boy. It just is like it wasn't. It was like I think the first dome with the retractable roof. So like it was new for then. It was like what Shea Stadium was like brand new for the eighties. Like you could tell Arizona's was brand new for two thousand ten. But yeah, it's a cool it's a cool thing we do. That's yeah. interesting. So you go to stadiums not necessarily for the Jets. No. You'll just go for a game. I, I, I make a rule that we don't go to Jet games. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we get different jerseys. I get a different jersey every year for, like, no-name quarterbacks that used to play. Off okay. UK. So I have, like, a J.P. Losman. Uh, right. I had uh, Matt Leiner this year for the Cardinals. So you uh, intentionally do that? Yeah, 100%. Because I don't want to see well, the Jets play, that man. Is- Listen, that is real fan. That's hardcore fan stuff right there. I actually love it, man. That's hundred percent. We're looking for great. thirty-two stadiums in London, so it's it's a, it's a nice little thing. You know, nice little thing we're doing. So you've been to AT and T Stadium too. AT and T, the Cowboys Stadium. No, no, Jerry Jerry World's on the list, man. Every oh. year, every year we we go out to dinner and we have the waiter. We each put a name and a hat of where we want to go. Yeah, and the waiter picks it out for us, and that decides. So Dallas is always in there, but it just hasn't been picked yet. It hasn't been Everyone picked always yet. Wants, yeah. So, I mean, what we're thinking for like year 10 or year 15 is like some iconic ones we have to do. Green Bay, yeah. Soldier Field, and then Jerry World. So that's on the I list. Mean, you've been sure. to Foxborough, too. So that's, I mean, that's I'm, good. I've, ne- I've never been to Foxborough before. No. Before all right. Well, that was going to be an easy one to try. I mean, the East Coast no. ones are going to be real easy for you well, guys. I mean, like, go, you go to MetLife where the Jets and Giants play. It's literally a parking garage. So, like, we might just do that, like on a Thursday, like, and not even count it as a trip. <laughs> just kill two like, in one year, yeah. Exactly. Not? Like, do we really want to go to L.A. to see, like, the Chargers play in a half-empty stadium? No, but, like, like Cleveland hasn't been in the hat yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 But eventually you have to go, and we don't want to be stuck at, like, 50. Like, I guess we're going to Cleveland this year. So it's, it's a weird mix, man. That's awesome, man. I want to be like you when I grow up. You know, so, hey man, um, when, we go, when we go to Philly, you're more than welcome to come. We always. Oh uh, man, look, I've been to the Eagle Stadium. Good luck, man. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> well, you know what? You'll because you'll be wearing an Eagles jersey, so you'll be 100%. fine. You know, you you actually got it. It's against my whole nature. I'll never wear an Eagles jersey. I'll, Eagles, I'll, it's not happening. Wearing a, uh, I'll be wearing a 
be wearing a forgettable quarterback jersey, so probably Jalen Hurts by the time we go there. <laughs> Maybe Jalen Hurts. Got him. I would say get a Kevin Cole jersey. I think Stag might jump I was, from. I was from, looking from for a Kevin Cole. Right now. <laughs> he's, he's yeah. I was looking for a Kevin Cole jersey for Arizona this year, but I couldn't find a 2X on Oh, uh, okay. I had to go buy it. Interesting, man. Listen, I love everything about that. I'm going to go to a game, and I'm going to wear a forgettable quarterback. For, that is awesome, man. Like you, that if, is you, good if you go to Tampa, I got a Josh Freeman for you. So oh, you see, that is – see, that is – man, that gives me chills. I love it, man. So what's yeah, your favorite good. sports moment? Like in your, you know, in your whole lifetime, your favorite sports moment. I know you shed some tears – when you first came on about you haven't witnessed the championship, but what's your favorite sports moment? I mean, there's a few that like almost got us there. Uh, biggest one that like I hadn't seen live, but six of me is LJ's four point play against the heat eight seed beating a one seed in the playoffs. Okay. Yeah. The year the Knicks went as an eight seed in 2000 or one to lose to the Spurs for Timmy D's first one. Yep. But just the LJ throwing up the L. I remember yep. play on, unbelievable and he was like an old lj then oh yeah like overweight like yeah. very very unkempt like he definitely wasn't like, grandma Ma anymore he was he's no, like, he was not he's grandma like grandpapa but that that was huge uh and then the best one i've ever been to it's a yankee event but i went to david Cohn's perfect game so okay yeah just the kind of exclusivity of it like how many have been cj like 40 yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So just going to one of those out of the thousands of baseball games that's been played—that's like a lasting one. You know, it's like eight. Okay, man, that's great stuff. So, what about your most forgettable sports moments? Now, like as a Cowboys fan, I'll tell you um, one play that I just never let go. In my opinion, Dez caught it. I don't care what anybody says. They admitted it a few years later. Like, yeah, you know, technically that should have been a catch. And I hate everything about it. So, what would you say? Is your most forget it like you like a sports moment that you wish you could forget? Dude, Des caught it. I just wish he like held on to it, you know. Uh, uh, yeah. But uh, for me, for me, the, I mean, it's obvious. It's Thanksgiving. It's the butt fumble, man. It's the worst thing that's ever happened to anyone. I just see that with my whole family, with my grandmother sitting there. It was, and I it was, that was prime time. It's actually the year the Jets went to the AFC Championship. I think yeah. it was in that mix. Uh, so it ended up being a good year, but that was just the most brutal. Well, number one, why are the Jets playing the Pats on Thanksgiving? That's so twisted. That's not a Thanksgiving matchup. And then um, CG and I went to school together at Salve Regina, and the cafeteria was set up like a high school cafeteria with like like the TVs up. And every Friday they used to do not top ten on Sports Center. And for eighteen months, every Friday, they'd be like the worst play. They'd be I remember. like punting it directly into his own net to lose a championship. And it was just this running joke that the butt fumble. Would, I lost it one Friday. I like threw my food in the air, stormed out of the cafeteria. I was like, I can't take it. I can't watch this on Fridays. And <laughs> the worst. Man. And then they gave Damian Woody a job just like to kick us more. Why would that? Oh. I have to see his ass all the time. That oh, was- man. Yeah, Damian Woody in the butt fumble, man. I mean, that was an interesting Jets team, too, uh, with the fighting spirit of Rex Ryan. And they just never had a quarterback. And Nah, nah, Mark Sanchez. It, it actually is quite sad that when you yeah. think back about it now, he wasn't that bad. It just he's like the third best good. Jet quarterback of my lifetime. It's, yeah, that's Geno <laughs> Smith made me miss Mark Sanchez immediately. It, it was uh, like a year in between me like wishing, wishing the worst things on Mark, and then it was just like, oh man, this Geno guy stinks. Okay, 
Well, you know, hey, ladies and gentlemen, great stuff by our boy, um, our sports fan, James Moran. And um, I love it. If you get a chance to go to a random sports event with a forgettable player's jersey, whether it be NFL, NBA, I think we should follow that trend that you're starting right now. That is a great trend. You should document it. That is awesome stuff. I'll probably copy you um, in the NBA with that regard. Because in the NBA, I so love right. any game. I happen to be a Phoenix Suns fan, but I love the NBA. I'll go to any game, any day, you name it. Um, so how about to start off the actual segments in the show, we talk about who's better, the Valley or the Bay? Who do you think is going to represent the Western Conference in the NBA Finals if you had to pick between the Golden State Warriors or the Phoenix Suns? What are your thoughts? I mean, I'll I'll, I'll jump in first because, I mean, the the obvious answer, right, is the Warriors. I mean, there's so many reasons to love the Warriors aside from Steph, who's playing. I've said it. I said it last week. I'll continue to say it. I think it's the best season of his career. He's the, the best way. player in the world. He is just unbelievable. I, I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, and to think that that they're getting Clay Thompson back, even if he is seventy five percent of what he was, top five shooter all time, CJ. Exactly. I mean, we're 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 talking about you know now you have two guys who are just absolute knockdown shooters. I mean, he, Clay's been doing nothing but taking jump shots for. You know, like 60 points, 11 dribbles. It's it's just it's unbelievable. Like, you know, their roster, too, is let's let's not forget, like Andrew Wiggins right now is shooting almost 42 percent from three. Eight to ten the other night. It's like Steph is rubbing off on on Wiggins. And granted, you know, that he kind of is just technically because he's offering more space and Wiggins is just has 10 feet of space to use. And instead of trying to go in and dunk on people's faces with that, he's learned how to knock down a three-point shot, and it's paying off right now, big time. And then you go further down the roster, GP three, right? He is he's a solid role player. Toscano Anderson has been putting up nights where he'll drop over twenty points and be a solid guy off the bench, where he even start every once in a while. And then you look at like the vet, Otto Porter was a good sign in my opinion, not because he's just blowing it out of the water, but he is a veteran presence for some of those younger guys that are the same mold as him, like a Toscano Anderson, for example. I think he's making them better. And then I haven't even mentioned Moody or Kaminga, the young guys. And then at the very end of the bench, you have a, a serviceable floor stretcher in Bielitsa, right? Like, you, you haven't even named two of the dudes that I want to name. You have Wiseman, James, Wiseman's you have Wiseman coming back. Wiseman's gone. Wiseman, the, the news does not look good for Wiseman. And and I was going to and, – and Draymond, we know what Draymond is. Draymond's just the team glue guy, right? Like he does everything that you need on the floor. Um, and they play a lot of small ball. So looking at a guy like, you know, the four-in-one – I mean, I'm sorry, the four-out-one-in offense, you're going to have a guy like Kayvon Looney sitting in the middle being a serviceable center who's just going to dish it out to all of those shooters. And when you're shooting as a team over, you know, 40% from three, you are dangerous. Now, I want to hear Gaddy talk a little bit. Like, give me a little bit. What, how, can, how can the Suns beat this Warrior team? Well, I'll tell you what. 
they played twice so far. It's a split. But the difference in the second game is the Suns were coming off a of back-to-back. And that's no excuse. No, I'm not making an excuse, right? Playing, but they were coming off a of back-to-back, and Golden State beat them. Golden State had a, ne- a game the next night against San Antonio, and Golden State lost, right, to San Antonio. So this matchup is going to be a good one. I'm taking Steph Curry over Chris Paul, you know, even though I'm a Suns fan. But I'll tell you the key player, Mikel Bridges. Mikel Bridges is making his case to be one of the best defensive players in the NBA. In the NBA. He, I don't want to say shut Steph down because that's nearly impossible. But Steph wasn't comfortable that whole game. He shot terribly. And Mikel was guarding him. He took on the initiative. He's um, long, he, man. He's long. He's long. He's rangy. And he is quick on his feet. Um, you know, I think that is one thing that the Suns have to their advantage. And the next thing is the size of DeAndre Ayton. So one thing that I saw is Ayton got offensive rebounds, kept the ball above his shoulders, and went right back up, right? Um Unless Jonathan Wiseman comes back and makes an impact in a seven-game series, that's going to be tough. I think if they did meet in the Western Conference Finals, it would go seven games. The team with home court would win the series. So it's really going to be hard uh, to see. The Warriors have – I give Steve Kerr a lot of credit. The team that he has right now, basically without Klay Thompson out there, without Jonathan Wiseman out there. All they did was just bring back Andre Iguodala, and they were rolling with the same pieces they had last year. But these guys developed through all of that losing. They developed. They learned how to play around Steph, right? Jordan Poole, he looks like he could be a key starter for any team in the league. Absolutely. He he looks like it, right? But the Suns went through that process as well. They went to an NBA Finals last year. I think are you worried? Are, are you worried about Booker regressing a little bit, just like not scoring at the same level he he, he normally is with these new rules? No, because he's actually um, he he was on a streak before before the hamstring injury. He was on a streak of consecutive thirty point games. Uh, he yeah. didn't really he 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 was he missed some off season time. I think at the beginning of the year he just had to get reused to playing, but he found his rhythm. Uh, during that 18 game win streak, the no loss, no oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, but I don't, I think one thing that I really admire about Devin Booker right now is that he's learned when to turn it on and turn it off. Uh, he can facilitate more than he used to, he learned that from Chris Paul. But when he needs to go in score mode, he can turn it on and he's a mid range assassin. I think sometimes we get carried away with um, just expecting him to be a three point monster. But he's really that mid-range guy. He can step up, pull up, knock that mid-range shot down. That's Kobe. Yeah, exactly. It's a lost art. Um, there's some fans out there, when I say that he's got a little bit of Mamba mentality in him, they start to, like, curse me out, disrespect me. How dare you? What are you saying? I only say that because Kobe's his idol. But well, he's, close. Think- he's close, too, like, in terms of in the yeah. league, who, who are you going to compare Kobe to? Booker's there. Game exactly. One. Yeah. I think what Monty Williams is looking to um, establish this year is they want to be able to get everybody. Like, they want to be able to ride whomever. Um, Chris Paul, he's a facilitator. They need to practice on running the offense through DeAndre Ayton. So in the playoffs, when you got to do that, he's comfortable doing that. 
Um, get Mikel Bridges involved, right? Obviously, you know, you can run the offense through Devin Booker, right? Run the offense through campaign off the bench. Let him let him go. I think this year they're rotating that all throughout the season. I don't think Booker's going to average like 26, 27 points a game. But in the playoffs, I think he's going to average 30 points a game almost every game. I think in the playoffs, he's going to turn it on significantly. Yeah, um, he's had, I, he had some off nights in last year's playoffs, yeah. though. He, he was good. but he Yeah, exactly. But That's I one do. thing I'd say, like, Steph, even his off nights aren't as off as some of Booker's off nights in the yeah. playoffs last year. Uh, like, if it's a shootout, I'm going to have to take Steph and Clay over Booker. Like, just straight gunning. Hey, you know what? I hear you in that regard. Um, Steph and Clay over, over Booker. Now, Steph Curry, I just give him – I give him – if I had to pick a team, because I did it, I said whoever had the home court – would win, but without knowing who has a home court, I unfortunately do think by the playoffs, Clay Thompson will be in his rhythm. I think the Suns will win the Christmas matchup, but I think in a seven game series, I think it goes seven. And I would have to say that Golden State would take game seven. They just got two. That's like a game where Steph could go eight for 14 from three, Clay could go six for 11 from three, Jordan Poole could probably go five for nine. And like you, you know, you're talking right there. That's 19 threes from three dudes. You know, when when teams get that hot, it's it's hard. It's so hard to beat them. So I would have to give uh, Golden State the nod. I'm a big history guy too. Like in terms of if the Mets are in first place in April, we're going to be in last by July. Like, uh, how's Chris? You say it's going to go Game Seven. How's Chris Paul's like track record in Game Sevens or three-one leads or playoff periods? No, Steph, like Steph has one three one lead. Chris Paul, Chris Paul has never ever gotten there, and he's had teams. He's been the yeah. dude on the Clippers. You know what I mean? Like he's run with the Rockets when they were a top team in the league, kinda. Like I don't know. I don't see if I come down to picking who's going to win in Game Seven, and Chris Paul's on a sideline. I, I'm probably going to go with the other sideline. Uh, it hurt. <laughs> I agree. I have to. I have to say. Yeah. Listen, they're they're. You know how I feel about DeAndre Ayton, and come playoff time, he could be – he could – he showed up. He's a beast. He's a he beast. showed up last playoffs for them. And I, I was – listen, me and me and Gaddy, we, we were doing our uh, – you know, before our, our episodes were going live, I was I was pumping DeAndre Ayton's tires for no specific reason other than the fact that I just had a feeling that he was going to come alive at some point, that Chris Paul was going to get something out of him and that he was going to be like – Sure. And what he was doing. And 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 in the playoffs, it was just he came alive, and I expect that again. And they're gonna have to. My, if Monty Williams is smart, if they are matched up against the Warriors, he is going to just have to dominate, beat him up down low, beat him up down low, up down low and and go in and be a thirty point guy for them in that. Well, in, in the NBA, in the NBA right now, that's what it is. Like obviously, you want a three point on every possession in the regular season. But they're not gonna. They don't come as easy. Like that's why Giannis is able to do so well in the playoffs because that's when tough buckets underneath like matter more, or even a mid-range game can matter more. It's like yeah, now you're covered at the perimeter. You're not getting those easy shots. Go get that tough bucket. And Aiton and honestly, Chris Paul's pretty good at getting a tough bucket too. So yeah. like that's why I thought they were able to go so far and that they were right. able to get those tough buckets last year. Yeah, I think the only team in the NBA that could actually beat the Phoenix Suns in a seven-game series is a team that can get super-duper red hot um, from the arc. Um, 
without in a, in a team that limits mistakes, and that's the Golden State Warriors. Um, because oh, well, that's the only team without a big man. The other side of the story is like Giannis. Yeah. The Suns can't stop him inside. They can't. They you would hope Aiden, they could. You would hope Peyton would be able to help a little bit. Yeah, but he, he, he could because Giannis can take you out of the paint and blow past you to the paint, right? That's the hard thing. He's not just like a post-up physical, you know, make me get a tough shot. So that's the hard thing. But while we're talking about the court side, right? I I, I do want to talk about your boys real quick, James. Um, you know. Let's get in a New York state of mind. Let's talk about the New York Knicks right now. The Knicks started off pretty hot, you know, throughout the beginning of the year, throughout that first few weeks into the season. They were one of the top four or five teams. You know, they were winning yeah. games. Um, yeah, they were playing well. All of a sudden, things started to, like, unravel. But here's the thing. They're not bad. They're still a 500 team. Um, we're awesome. Tom Thibodeau decided to bench Kimba Walker. Um, and now they're, the Knicks are going to try to make a push to stay in the playoff picture. Um, so what are your thoughts on the Knicks as far as what they're doing now? What do you think they need? And CJ's calling a timeout. Because I think that this conversation deserves another Knicks guy, right? I mean, we should bring in some reinforcements for, for James and bring in another James. Love, I haven't that. talked to a Knicks fan in years. I, I, I love seeing him. We got Woody. We got Woody. He's making the appearance. Bing tonight. bong. Bing bong. Bing bong. Uh, well, right I mean, first of all, it's a side to side sports cast, and we got a New York fan named James, not James Woody, but we talking about James Morant. Welcome. Welcome to the show. I'm out here just late, just out here trying to do my thing, represent the Knicks a little bit. Um, Who's that? Who's Jersey? Uh, I'm not gonna lie, it's a mellow jersey. I got no current, ah, right now. right? He got us as far as we've been. I like uh, that. Yeah, well, I was actually, you know what? So, I actually was at the uh Knicks uh Hornets game and I was gonna get a Kemba jersey, but I didn't know if it was too soon. And now, it's too soon now, Kemba's been benched, so it's like I would have looked like a fool getting that jersey. But I still think Kemba is uh, is a great player. I think you know it's kind of like a like a smaller version of like that it thing, right? With Isaiah Thomas, right? Like you know he's he's you know a defensive liability, but the man can put up points. The man can light it up, you know. So I I don't know. I don't know. I think that, they might be I think unfairly. The issue, I think the issue is that he wasn't lighting it up, and Tom gives his point guards a chance too. Like True. right now, as a Nick fan. Would you rather see Quick dribbling the ball up court and taking a three or Kemba? And it was the same thing last year. Kemba, he's not scoring, so his offensive production is drastically below his terrible defensive output. I love him in the room. I love him working with Quick and there with Burks. And D. Rose is our guy is, is our guy off the bench, too. So, I mean, there's not room in the rotation for him. And I think having a vet co coach like Tom to tell him that is huge. And hopefully he wants to stay and be a part of what we're building. But we can't worry about how Kemba feels. You know, we got to worry about getting some dubs. <laughs> Definitely well, Kemba, Kemba said himself that, you know, instead of taking like it to heart and going on Twitter and saying he wants to trade and liking a post of somebody saying he should be traded, he said, you know what? Maybe I could be an example for these young guys. Exactly. I, and I, I love to I respect that a lot. 
no one's ever had a bad word to say about Kemba. I was pumped about the signing. I actually played against him in high school. We held him to 34, uh, like <laughs> at Rice. Like he was, he was unbelievable. Uh, and everywhere he's been, Charlotte, and then even in Boston, he was like, "Oh man, at least we have a normal dude that's not named Kyrie running the point now." Yeah. Uh, like I, I, I was we pumped about his homecoming. Thing. We went through the same thing that you guys are going through right now, right? But we didn't bench him. We just kept playing him. Yeah, you kept playing him in the playoffs, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, like, I thought, who was that guy he hit with the step back, the the tall dude from Pitt in the in the garden? Was it Gaines, that old that old center? The the famous Kemba step back game winner? Oh, gosh. Big East tourney? It was just mm. – I. it was nice to have him back in the garden. But, you know, he's not good enough to be on the court right now. And if this was the old Knicks – It'd be like, let's just put him out there, Jamal Crawford style. Let's lose some games and let him get 50 every now and then. But it's not that. Like, we're a 500 team. We could be a, a fourth seed like we were last year. So we can't just play dudes for nostalgia right now. So, New York, fellas, what do the Knicks need? How can the Knicks improve? What would both of you like to see? I like our core, man. But right now the Pacers are going wholesale. And I'd love to get somebody from them. Uh, they they're they're going full rebound uh, rebuild. A uh, Demontis Sabonis, get me a Miles Turner for some front court depth. I don't even care where they are in their contract. Let's go try to win a playoff series or two because I think we can. If we match up well in the East, there's not that many good teams. I mean, the Bucks, the Bulls are guess are scary now. I didn't know that. I didn't know that was going to be a thing. But <laughs> I think I think we have to be on the market trying to get something, and I'm willing to move some picks. And I know that's taboo in the Nick world because we usually <laughs> trade picks and then we don't have picks for 10 years. But I think we are in the place with enough young talent that we could trade some picks and make a push for the right guy. We we definitely need someone on the wing. Like, I feel like – You don't like Kevin Knox? It's on the block. Kevin You don't like Kevin Knox? Kevin Knox. I'm just like we, – we need someone, like, on the wing. I do like the court, right? I do like, like, what we're building – um, the team completely overachieved last year, uh, but like like the Pacers, I think that's a really good example. Like Miles Turner would definitely be an upgrade for Mitch, but like how much? I love of, Mitch I, too. I love Mitch. He's oh, one of my I, favorite players. Yeah, how, how can you not? How can you not? I feel like, but I kind of feel like we almost have like some bonus in Turner with like Julius and Mitch a little bit, but like a little bit. Mitch is a little bit better than Sabonis, and Miles is definitely better than Mitch. Like Karis Levert, I feel wow. like I would love a Karis Levert. That's someone who I like. I, I feel like we need we need someone on the wing who can put up buckets because R.J. Barrett right now. I'm not saying in the like. I mean the the kid's a baby. Like he literally is now. Is 20, just what is he? Twenty two. Yeah, I think he's twenty one. I think he just yeah. became legal uh, drinking a beer. So I feel like you know he's a twenty and ten guy eventually. hundred percent average twenty and ten. R.J. Like, but I think he's a great like three piece. Yeah, yeah. This year, that can do that. Like, right. and but hold on. Can we just, before we get too yeah. far, I just Ooh. want to confirm. I think that I know what CJ's about to say. I, I, I really, I, are we ready to, to say that Julius Randle is better than DeMontis Sabonis? Yeah. Oh, I was ready to say that. I agree. I agree. I'm not. I agree. I think I'll say it. Yeah. I think I'll say it. Randle should have got some MVP votes last year, dude. You kidding me? Yeah. I don't, I don't. Uh, well, you know, we're gonna have to put that's gonna be one of the polls. That's, that's gonna be one of my <laughs> polls. It's like Julius Randall, Julius Randall, he's like a better. I feel like he's a better all around player than Sabonis. Like Sabonis, plus he's a dog. Plus I, he's a dog, dude. Who are you gonna get? Who are you more scared about 
seeing on the court? Demontis Sabonis walking out there or Julius <laughs> Randle? Like, like I'd rather have Julius Randle on the court than Demontis. Oh, my goodness. Even after the Hawks series last year? Yeah. Like, that was a bad, was a bad series. He, this, I mean, listen, I don't know, but Demontis Sabonis is a beast. He's got a soft name. Oh, yeah. I think his <laughs> reputation is soft, you know, but comb over. That's why it's like, you know, don't don't be fooled by don't be fooled by the the, the parted hair. Right? I mean, his dad's one of my favorite big guys of all time. Or what's his name? Ardranis or, or, or Beatus? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. look at his highlight reel. He's like uh, one of the best passers I've ever seen. I'm just yeah. taking the front court of Miles Turner and Sabonis, and I love Mitch Robinson too. And I love I like I like Julius Randle. I like Julius Randle. Love Mitchell Robinson, like Julius Randle. I do think he's the best player on the Knicks, but I'm taking that Pacers front court over the Knicks front court. They're going wholesale. They're going all day. With that full I agree. I agree with you guys that Karis LeVert would be a great addition. R.J. Barrett reminds me of a guy named Deshaun Stevenson, who was a young guy who came into the NBA. No, I'm going to tell you what. You know, Deshaun was supposed to take off and be the man. Right. He came in with so much like this guy is just a baby right now. He's going to take off and it just never happened. Right. It just I just I don't know about RJ. I'm just being honest. I don't know. I don't I have, think Deshaun I have, Stevenson was ever on like the cover of sports. I have. I have like, well, I it was a different know. time. I'm just uh, I'm just comparing like talent coming out of coming out of like, you know, but they don't even have similar coming games. Out of coming out of high school. All right, let me, they don't have similar me, games. I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't. See I'm that. talking about as far as the hype. Like I'm not talking about the the actual um, like their game. I'm not saying his game. If you, game said, like Darius, if you said like Darius Miles, I would have been like, all right, like maybe no. Darius Miles hype. But okay, Deshaun so, Stevenson. Well, that's, that's actually, you know what, James? I'll give you that. That's probably a better comparison. Like, because Darius Miles never became what we expected him to be. So that's. That's essentially you get what I'm saying. I don't yeah, think no, he's I in RJ. I, I don't. I don't think he's in RJ. So you so here's what I said. I I honestly wrote this down. I said Kemba's trash. He's 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 honestly at this point he's a one sided player who unfortunately does not have a three point shot. Right? He is he's undersized. He is. I mean, he's a liability on the defensive end. He's There's slower than he, he's slower too. He's, he's old. He's he just old. doesn't, he doesn't have that burst. And it's almost like trying to get Isaiah Thomas back out there to, to you know, and that's exactly what would happen to Isaiah Thomas. He'd be a, a, a devastating plus minus, uh, you know, horribly in the minus category because he just lets up way too many buckets. Um, so what I was going to say is that RJ Barrett actually reminded me, and I wrote this down of Andrew Wiggins, a guy that I mentioned before. And here's why. Because Andrew Wiggins came into the league with a ton of hype, right? I mean, he was traded in the LeBron James deal. So he's obviously going to carry this massive weight, try and carry a team, try and be something that he's not. RJ Barrett comes into New York, the Mecca, right? He's, he's, he's team, teammates with Zion. Like he's like, you know, he's supposed to be just this like, I'd rather have him than Zion right now. Of course you would. A, even better point. But nonetheless, let's let like I, I'm trying to like draw the comparison because what I see is an evolution of Andrew Wiggins when he got put with the right people. Okay, Andrew Wiggins was able to, to understand that I don't. I'm I'm not the man, right? I don't need to be the man. Steph's the man. Clay's the man. I need. Yeah. To be, the other piece right now to this puzzle. I think that 
RJ Barrett needs to realize I am going to be the third best player on my team. And once he realizes that and starts to play like that, and then when that one or two option gets hurt, he can step up and do more. He's gonna, you're gonna see an instant improvement, but it's gonna take a few years to make that adjustment. I'm not sure if I'm seeing what you guys are seeing. Like, I like, I don't know where this like. I feel like the majority of Knicks fans were actually devastated to get RJ. It was a consolation prize because we didn't big get time consolation prize or Ja. I want a Ja. Actually. Yeah, right. Like, you weren't hyped to RJ Barrett. Like, I mean, obviously the the huge prize was Zion, right? But like, you weren't. You weren't stoked to be getting RJ Barrett. No, was, no, 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 no one was hyped. Like it was, it was, oh. it was a tough I, 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 I know some Knicks fans who were extremely hyped to have RJ Barrett because that's who you had to take. Like it's yeah, not yeah, like you guys passed up at that point. To get saying, RJ. Like, compared to Ja, like he wasn't on the level of Ja. Yeah, but you time. had no shot at getting Ja. Of course right. you wanted Ja. Yeah, of course. But. Right, so, no, but, yeah, but settling doesn't get you hyped. Like, it, but you can't, you you can't, you can't do like. Does I was a Celtics fan who was hyped to get the number one pick, traded down to the third, and got Tatum. I was hyped. I was hyped. Yeah, well, hyped. That, was, I mean, yeah. that has nothing to do with what? Are you? Also, also, all I'm saying is that I'm it's saying not like you were hyped to get Markel Fultz, the, See, the, the listen, consensus no. number one pick. But all I'm saying is. This is why New York Knicks fans get on my nerves. I'm sorry, but this is why Knicks fans get on my nerves. I just want to say this. You had no shot at getting Ja Morant. You didn't have We did. We did. With the lottery ball or bouncing, we had a shot to get yeah, Ja Morant. When, when the ball finished bouncing, Ja Morant was instantly off the table. So your draft plan had to be something different than Ja Morant. So – Knicks fans, oh man, I'm not getting John Morant. FRJ Barrett, right? You know, now all of a sudden it's FRJ. I'm not I a big RJ fan. When, when did I ever say that? When did we I say that? No, 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 no. I'm not I'm not specifically talking about you. I'm saying Knicks fans in general, because there is this like you represent Knicks fans saying that what do you like? I'm not seeing what you're seeing in RJ. Like we weren't even hyped to get him. It's not like he's John Morant. You it's the draft. You have to draft the best possible no, player. You guys are saying he was hyped like number one overall picks. Like you were saying that he's being like I'm not. I didn't see that hype. That's what I'm saying. Okay, Wiggins might have been Wiggins might have been more hyped, right? More hyped as a like. Oh, so, you know, oh, so one thing, CJ, with that comparison, I hope you don't have like a lot of like Canadian listeners because like you're comparing some underachieving top pick wings. Both Canadian, dude. Like you're calling them soft. Like not even come. I hope like you don't like wrangle any feathers I'm up in Canada right props now. Props right now. All right. So here's my other thing about that comparison, CJ. RJ Barrett is not shooting like 20 times a game trying to be, you know, the best player on that team. I feel like it's he a good fit for him. I do agree with that. And that you do have Randall taking a lot of the shots. The ball does yeah. go around. And I think Tom's a good like he doesn't have the pressure Wiggins did in Cleveland. Because no one expected the Knicks, number one, to be good, make the playoffs, or for the 18-year-old kid to, like, light it up right away. Like, he's never had the boo birds yet in the garden. Like, no one's – there's no Eddie Curry treatment uh, going on with, like, RJ yet. Like, I think it's a decent spot for him to be. I hope he could be a two, definitely a three guy on the squad. But I, Knicks fans were cool with RJ. I think. Yeah. He's not, he's not overshooting. Hold on, go to the straight numbers, right? He's only t- taking roughly like 
three shots less than Julius Randle is per game. Now, what I'm talking about is the career most not that you're focusing on the 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 hype piece of it. I'm more talking about the career trajectory, right? Like there was some hype behind RJ Barrett. He's a number oh, yeah. three. Pick. Like, yeah, you expect him to be good. He was the number one dude in that class so, over Zion and and uh, Ja by ja. far so, going in. So, yeah. so that's like you know that's kind of more the compare. I'm not saying like he's going to be the next LeBron James. If he, I think he's going to follow that same career trajectory as far as figuring out his spots, where he can be the best, and and how he can contribute. Because right now, I mean, the guy is shooting, you know. 30%, 31% from his jumper's not there. His jumper's three, not there. Yeah, it's not, but <laughs> but neither was neither was you know like these guys that are improved, like Marcus Smart. I mean, God, it's so tough to watch him play game to game. Man, you guys are disrespecting him, right? But now. average wise, but <laughs> average wise Marcus Smart. That's like what the Lakers need. But the, he's putting in, you know, he's putting in a, a better percentage of threes than when he came into the league and was just the, Atrocious. Yeah, but you, I mean, going from atrocious to mediocre is like not that big of a deal. It helps when your game is revolved around defense on the other end of the floor if you can knock down an open three point shot. Instead of uh, the shots that Marcus Smart misses are the ones that he thinks he can just like, he's like, all right, time to heat check. I, I made two open ones. Last, last year, I was in the garden. When the New York Knicks were playing against the Washington Wizards and Bradley, when you Beal, say the Garden, you mean the real Garden, MSG, right? No, MSG, exactly. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, not that, not that green, not that green Garden. I'm talking about the Mecca, the Mecca, right? No, I was yeah. there when the New York Knicks were playing against the Washington Wizards, and I think Bradley Beal had like nearly 50 points off of like 48 shots. He was Bradley Bill was shooting everything, right? Like he was in the military. My man was just shooting <laughs> every, everything. Um, but I can tell you when I was there, man, the fans in the RJ Barrett, like that, that's their guy because, but here's my thing. I'm not saying they're overhyping him. It's just like, all right, this is our guy, man. We want him to become a superstar. Like somehow, like you're believing in him. You're open for him. Right. Mm -hmm. But then, when he goes like two for 16 and a loss, you're like, man, can't stand this guy. He's not it. We need somebody else. But I agree with what CJ said. If you can bring in somebody to make him the third piece, that's like the best possible situation for him. And he can grow in because like he's a baby, like you said, Woody. He can grow into that role where he could be like a um a solid like 18-point contributor or something like that. Sometimes get you 25 to 30. Um, I, I think that's there. But, um, you know, the Knicks definitely need to make a move, and they need to make a move fast. But while we're in New York, right, and we're talking about the Knicks, let's take it to the sidelines. And, and we're still in a New York state of mind. We're still in a New York state of mind, right? So let's take it to the sidelines and talk about the New York Jets. Um, what do you guys think about the Jets? Now, obviously, this season, it's not like they're just going to go make a run and make the playoffs and not mathematically eliminated, but it would be the biggest surprise in recent football. We history. were mathematically eliminated at the start of the season. Right? <laughs> zero and zero week one. Mathematically, right. I could have made, made some like, like tables and shown yeah. you how we were not going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about the future because you're in a division where Tom Brady left and it was almost a foregone conclusion that the bills were going to run away with division. Well, Bill Belichick, right? made his case this year that that's not going to be the case because as long as there's a Bill Belichick in, the Buffalo Bills don't matter, right? And that was proven yesterday uh, when he ran the ball 46 times on him, like just playing chess, 
uh, while the Bills were playing checkers. But now you've got the Bills, you've got the Patriots, the top two teams, the bottom two teams, clearly the Dolphins and the Jets. And the Dolphins were a 10-win team last year. So the, the Jets have a lot of young talent. And honestly, I make fun of them, but I actually believe in the young guys there, um, their personalities. I scouted a lot of these guys uh, coming out of college, and I believe in what's growing there. It's, it's, they're just really young right now. Is Zach Wilson a part of that scouting? Do you trust Zach Wilson? Well, I'd love to hear something positive. Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I just think that Zach got thrown into the fire too fast, and I think he needs a veteran quarterback to be by his side, even if it's Mark Sanchez, like not, not on the field. I'm talking about from like a quarterback coach standpoint because Mark Sanchez helped out Dak Prescott a lot. It's just, it is what it is. Another guy that helped out Dak a lot was John Kittner. Like they don't, they didn't give Zach any of that, right? He's just out there supposed to be this kid from BYU. And they're like, he's going to be Steve Young just because he's from BYU. Let's take him second. I think they need to add to him to groom the right way. What are you talking about? We traded for Joe Flacco in like week seven, man. Wait, wait, right. But that's in the week seven. Now, and no, Joe Flacco got there with the attitude of, look, I'm just going to play when I can. And whatever happens with y'all happens with y'all. I'm just glad I'm not in Philly. It's not like me Mike White is not a good mentor. Mike White <laughs> never started a Mike wasn't a good Mike mentor White. for Zach. QB Mike too. White wants to establish himself as a starting quarterback. He could uh, he could care less what Zach does. If Zach throw a pick, he's probably low key. Uh, <laughs> like you know, low key. So, so but, he did uh, a lot. <laughs> but but I want to hear it from you guys. Uh, what is it going to take for the Jets? Who do you think is going to win the division first? The Jets or the Dolphins? If a team, if you had to pick a team to win the division first, regardless of year, who do you think is capable of doing it first? Uh, well, first of all, let me just give James something that he specifically asked for, and that is a positive thing about Zach Wilson. I'm not saying that he is, you know, the 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 guy, he's the future, he's about to, you know, light the NFL on fire. But I do think he has improved a little. Like th this last game that we just saw, the Eagles game, was his best game of the season when we talk about execution. The Titans game was his best stats, but a lot of that was broken down plays. And we all knew, right, like when things break down, you know, he can, you know, throw it, you know, play all yeah, that. Yeah, that's when he's all right. But 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 this week we actually saw him execute plays and actually hit guys, make quick reads, and that was the thing. That was the difference between Mike White, Josh Johnson, and Joe Flacco. They were actually executing the plays and hitting the easy passes, and that's what Zach was doing. And we got three TDs to start the game. I'm not sure if that's happened since like Ryan Fitz played, but you know we got three TDs to start the game with Zach Wilson executing Lafleur's playbook. So I do think I, it's positive. I can't believe it's 2021, and when you just went through the people who started for the Jets this year, you said Josh Johnson and Joe Flacco. <laughs> like, 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 how scary! Josh Johnson has been on 18 NFL teams, and he's been in the league since like 2006. Like, that is so sad. The, to answer this question, the Dolphins are going to win the division before. There's yeah, not no, even that's, a question. That's clear. That's clear. They're, that's they clear. might finish over the Bills. They have a path, man. They 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 play us again. They're going to beat us. First of all, the uh, Dolphins are on a five-game winning streak right now. Yeah, no, they're what are they six and seven or something? Five and seven? They're they're yeah, right there, man. They're one game below the Bills. Uh, yeah, they'd win the division before we we even sniff it. I like Salah. Uh, to find the guy and even in the draft i don't think zach wilson's the guy it's a quarterback driven league uh 
there I liked Mac Jones more. It's the same thing when we drafted Sam Darnold. Uh, I liked Baker. I know Baker went one. Uh, or I like Lamar. Like I like dudes that do it in college. And Zach Wilson lost to Coastal Carolina in his must-win game. Like I like Deshaun Watson coming out because he played against SEC and ACC dogs. Give me, give me Mac Jones playing against those SEC dogs winning titles over the guy from BYU running around against three-star recruits. Uh, See that? Like, yeah. Oh no, because you, you you just said something that you echo something that I always say: the college quarterback that played against the toughest competition has a better success rate of playing in year one. The guy who didn't play the toughest competition but may have all of the arm talent that's necessary needs to sit that year. It just has to happen. Like Patrick Mahomes played at Texas Tech, right? Um, he had some games where he played against some good teams, but, you know, in college he wasn't like he is now. But sitting that entire year gave him a chance to learn the speed of the game from the sidelines and practice so that when it was time to go in, it didn't all come at him so fast like it's coming at Zach. I do think Zach has a lot of arm talent. And personality-wise, he actually is a leader of men. Like, if you hear Elijah Mitchell talk about him, if you hear Michael Carter talk about him, it's not like they're just talking about him because he's their quarterback. They actually believe in this guy. You know, it's, it's they're passionate about it. So I think he can be a guy who can lead them, but it's not going to happen unless he has the proper mentor and a proper offensive structure. Um, or otherwise, he'll be ruined, just like Sam Darnold was. That's a take I've always had. Like, I think it started like Andrew Luck, maybe, or these dudes. Like, when did it become that a rookie quarterback drafted first or second round that they have to start right away? Right. Like, you drop John Kitna or like, like throw that. I'd rather Flacco, I'd rather Mike White start the year. Right. Like you look at a dude that mm-hmm. has got thrown into the fire, David Carr, Derek Carr's yes. older brother. Yep. Got sacked 1,500 times in the first season and his career is over. Any rookie quarterback that's ever played in Cleveland, like Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> got to start behind Brett Favre. Steve Young got to go behind Montana. Like, get right. a couple years, learn a system. Even, even take half, a year like Pat Mahomes. Even, 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 even getting, getting preseason secondary snaps and then a few weeks. Like, I mean, look at Brady. Brady, like, from yeah. didn't didn't start the year as the quarterback, right? Like he had a great mind. I mean, people forget like Drew Bledsoe was the next best thing in New England. Like, he, oh, Jets fans don't forget we Mo Lewis hit Drew Bledsoe and started. I mean, Tom Brady's he, career. Yeah, no, we yeah. don't forget that. I mean, yeah. that, well, like, <laughs> on Jets fans and Pats fans, but but seriously, like, he, I mean, we signed the, the Pats signed him for ten years. I mean, so he was learning under a good quarterback. I mean, oh yeah. Bledsoe brought, Bledsoe brought the that whole Super year, Bowl, didn't he? A, like a Super Bowl appearance, Bledsoe? Yeah, he lost 95, the Favre. Yeah. lost the Favre. Um, and, and, you know, it's there is something to be said about not being just thrown into the fire unless, you know, there's there are rare talents that can do it. But even – What it is now, it's yeah. the coaches, man. The coaches have such a short lifespan to go. But also, but also like, Mac Jones is different in, in the way that Bill Belichick realizes how he has to coach him. I mean, you look at the th- – his – Look at Mac Jones. He doesn't throw. He is capable, very capable of throwing a deep ball. I've been saying it for the past three, ever since we started the show. I'm like, I'm just waiting for them to unleash 
the real Mac Jones. We still haven't seen the real Mac Jones. You, did, you Mac didn't like Jones. his two for three first half? I was just going to say, the real Mac Jones throws the ball more than three times. I don't care how windy it is. If Brady was at quarterback, I guarantee he would have thrown the ball more than three times. It's just how it, was, how it is. But, I'm Bill Belichick is playing chess, man. He was sending a message to his team that game that we're going to do whatever it takes to win. And they're going on a bye week right now. And nobody cares that Mac only threw three passes. But defenses now, the other team, they're going to play the run. And you're going to see after this bye week, Mac's going to be throwing it down the field. Like, it's, it's like it, Bill Belichick is playing chess, right? Moody, it took, it took 10, 10 seconds into this Jets topic for CJ to bring up the Pats. And all of a sudden, I was thinking the same thing. You can count on CJ to bring up the Celtics yeah. or the Pats by oh, a some angle. That's all I needed, dude. Oh, I, know, I know the ticker doesn't say it on the bottom, but this is supposed to be New York state of mind. Okay. Right. So I don't, I really oh, do. Oh, I'm sorry. I was in a, I, I, I misread. I thought it was New England state of mind. It needs to but it's all good. How about we do this, though? Um, Booty, you came to talk about New York State of Mind. Yeah. We are about to talk about some of these Week 14 key matchups. Now, I don't know if you think of it as a key matchup, but... I do. I do. Okay. It's a big deal. <laughs> I don't know if you're talking about the same matchup I'm talking about, oh, but um, I want to hear what your thoughts are on what you're I, thinking. You can't mean the Jets game. What are you talking? Are you serious? The number one and number two pick are facing off in a regular season game, and that's not a big deal. Oh my! Stop the presses. I got red zone on. I don't got that game on. I can promise you that, man. Oh my gosh! That's well. See, you're not you're not watching Zach's development. I'm telling you right now. This is the game right here, right now, where you will see if Zach is learning something. Like, I, I truly believe I saw improvement in that Eagles game. Like, he was not the same scared little boy that he had been all year. Like, you know, like like Elijah Moore, to Will Gaddy's point, Elijah Moore is not talking for nothing. Michael Carter is not talking for nothing. There's something going on at one Jets drive. And I That's believe my quarterback, the man. That's my quarterback. <laughs> well, there were no tears in their eyes when they said it. <laughs> one thing that, that I'll say is that this, so one thing that killed Sam Darnold, it's actually still killing him, right, is that he played for the 32nd, then the 31st, then the 32nd worst offensive line in the league. Right now, the Jets are 21st, okay? I'm not saying that they're, you know, they're, they're not the Browns, they're not the Colts, but there is time. There is time for Zach. You know, we're, we're I, I think the future is brighter than we're, than our record. I'm not, I'm not out yet, man. I'm not out. I was close to being out. Like, week, was the four pick against the Pats, week two, week three. Oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah, was rough. Yeah. Uh, and it was tough because it's like, oh, man, am I already out on the second overall pick? Like what's Spencer Rattler up to? And then he, <laughs> and then he got benched, and I was like, "Oh man, there's not even a quarterback in this draft." I guess, I, I guess, I, I guess, I got to be in on Wilson still. But no, I, I think there's improvement there. I'll, I'm excited to see him go up against Trevor. Uh, Can I just call a timeout, fellas? Um, it's not Christmas yet, and that is a. If you, I know Woody, you're, you're thinking about what are a, a Christmas gift for the for the Jets. But the week of Christmas is when the Jaguars play the Jets. This week, the Jets play the Saints. 
Now, I'll tell you why that could possibly be a key matchup. Here's why it could possibly be a key matchup. Because (laughs) the Saints' playoff hopes are hanging by a thread. And this could be a trap game for this. I actually think the Jets can beat the Saints. I'll just go ahead on record and say it right now. I think it's probably going to be Taysom Hill again. And um, okay. Lamar is probably back, though. I actually need him back for my fantasy team. I I literally need him back. Okay. And and with the way that the Jets have been defending the run, oh my God, Kamara about to have forty points. It's exactly what I need. Like th- that's yeah. like one of the surest things in fantasy is having a running back. Yeah, start the running the back against <laughs> whoever's playing the Jets. It's- yeah. yeah, yeah yeah, you know I mean? watching Wilson's development. You're rooting for the opposing team's running back, man. <laughs> it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both. Our producer Stag would be really proud of me. I got I, I started Miles Sanders. I traded for him last last you, call, you called that you called that one. I I cut Miles Sanders when he got hurt. Way and way now I'm just like I could have used him last week, but yeah. I still won. Yeah, I actually also started him. I'm I was I was I start all of I started. Yeah. I started Gainwell this week. He got a tutty. What's his name? Kenneth Gainwell. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He got a tutty this week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Middle name. I'll tell you who to. I'll t- I, we're going to get in and start him. Sit him, but um, I got a surprise start him. Sit him for you. But right now, uh, when we're talking about Week 14 key matchups, uh, for the Saints playing against the Jets is a must win. So that could absolutely be a key matchup. Uh, what other key matchups do you guys think? Do you guys think are out there? It's oh, it's the it's the biggest one, man. It's it's Cardinal Cardinals Rams. That's the matchup. It's it's super t- it's super team against the best team in in the NFC. Uh, yeah. I like the way you there. If if the Rams are going to be legit, they have to come out and show up in that game number one, and maybe even win that game. I don't think they will. I love Kyler Murray, but that's that's the, the really the only game I'm truly looking forward to this week. Not the Jets, uh, Jaguars, actually Saints. I'm looking forward. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to. I think it's Sunday Night Football. I'm looking Rams Cardinals. That's the matchup. That's playoff implications. That might be a matchup we see later in the playoffs. We listen. This is this is a Christmas list of of matchups as far as I'm concerned. Like this week has better matchups. I, you know, I'm kind of looking for storylines sometimes, and there's some obvious picks. That's the obvious pick this week, right? Rams Cardinals going to be an amazing game, but. I'm looking at Raiders Chiefs. Chiefs have a chance to put some distance in that division after beating the Broncos. Two division wins in a row would be huge for them as a confidence boost. That would make a six-game win streak. I mean, that that might change the face of the AFC and just saying, like, okay, now we've got another clear-cut favorite. The, the, the Chiefs are who we thought they were, um, you know, and, and just, like, they, they really should be in that spot, and we should be in that hemisphere of thinking, but they stumbled. Well, you on. keep waiting for the other shoe to drop with them. Like week week three, week four, they lose, they lose. You're like, well, they're the Chiefs. Mahomes is going to Mahomes, and then it took them just a little while longer, but they're they're getting there. They're there, like yeah. you know. But the Raiders are fighting like hell to stay. Not in, defensively, in but yeah. <laughs> um, but man, like you know, they beat they beat a tough Cowboys team. I mean, there's nothing to, the 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 Cowboys defense nothing to scoff at. I mean, I picked them up in fantasy, thinking that the Raiders would be throwing some picks, and you know, Diggs might return one for a touchdown. You know, I was thought, thinking they were going to score a bunch of points. The Raiders <laughs> put up some points on them, so maybe they'll just go out there and start getting into a a, a battle up and down the field with the Chiefs and pull one out. Who knows? Um, but they're desperate. They need it. 
Um, I also like the Ravens Browns game because the love I, that game. That was the second one I have here, Mark CJ. Yeah, because the Browns need that W, right? Like they would move with. I mean, they're they're within one and a half games of first place. It's such a tight division too. Like that, all these AFC divisions are. That AFC division is great, dude. And you would think that the Ravens would have just rolled, and yeah. they're not. They're not rolling, man. Nope. Like I, I thought they were going to go into Pittsburgh and roll. L, not not even did they not cover L. And I think the same thing could happen with them against Cleveland, depending oh. on what the offense is looking like. So I, I love that matchup too. Big, big game, man. Th- those division matchups are some of the toughest division matchups in football. And um, speaking of tough division matchups, obviously this week you have the Dallas Cowboys playing against the Washington football team. And it was almost a foregone conclusion that the Cowboys were going to win the division. And even though they're in the lead, the Washington football team is 6-6. Six and six. And if they I play the Cowboys it. twice and they play the Eagles twice, you know, so they, they, they have a chance to really – um, make the playoffs, but if we're talking about the Eagles, last week with the 49ers losing and the Saints losing and the Vikings losing, that was like an early Christmas present for the Eagles because now the San Francisco 49ers go to Cincinnati. That is going to be a tough game for them to win, right? Um, Cincinnati, is they're still fighting to win that division. They're only one game behind the Ravens. And if the 49ers lose to the Bengals and let's say the Saints do lose this trap game and the Cowboys beat the Washington football team, the Eagles are going to be sitting in that wild card spot all of the sudden, you know, asking questions. Do we keep going with Gardner Minshew or do we go to Jalen Hurts? So it's, it's um. It's it's, that, it's it's going to be a big week. That's, that's you know, what's crazy body right, right now. That's what's crazy in the NFC right now is that if I forget who it was, I think if the Giants won last week, the Lions were still in the wild card hunt with a win. Like that's how close the wild card is to five hundred. Like if the Lions won yeah. and the and the Giants lost, I think they wouldn't have been mathematically eliminated. So right. legitimately, a no win team was still in the hunt as late as week 13. So that's crazy. And they're not mathematically eliminated yet. I mean, realistically, we know they're eliminated, but yeah, they're not the only team that's mathematically eliminated right now are the Houston Texans in, in the Lions. Lions are out now. Yeah, Fuck now, up. but there was now. a pass. Like, there was so there's a pass. Two teams, they, there's two teams that are gone. It's Houston and Detroit. They're done. Well, that's um, crazy because they, they literally were what oh ten and one oh yeah. eleven and one yeah. so yeah. it's it's a, that's what makes that's wow. what the NFC not not to like ride, ride on the NFC East right now but for a while it was like which seven and nine team is going to win the division like that's what makes bad divisions for, like for good intriguing games at the end of the year it's like we have a bunch of five hundred mediocre teams but one of them's got to win and all these games yeah. between them become meaningful. Like I, the Cowboys have improved since like the, those years, but it's it, bad football makes for good football sometimes. And, and yeah. I, I also I have one more one more matchup that I do want to highlight because I think it's going to be an entertaining game, and that is the Bills at the Bucks. Uh, I, think no, I, think that, I think that's going to end up being a headbanger, um, just because I mean you've got 
there's just you've got an an elite offense versus an elite defense. I mean, you've got a passing offense, pass heavy offense with Brady, who's slinging the ball 40, 50 times. Who's who's the who's the elite defense you're talking about? Elite. I'm sorry. Elite secondary. They're they're top secondary in the league overall. Their their secondary can't even handle a tough a question after a game about stopping a run. Uh, (laughs) I never said that they were qualified to answer questions. I'm just I'm just upset because I would love to be excited about that matchup, CJ. I'd love to see the Bulls go in and beat Tom. But now, like the enemy of my enemy is my friend. If the Bills are going to win this division, great, as long as it's not the Pats. Now it looks like the Bills are going to be a, like just a rug for Mac and Bill to walk all over. And now just rub salt in the room. They got to go get beaten by Tom again. Who schedules these games? Man, like, listen. I, I think the Buffalo Bills are going to have a huge chip on their shoulder, more like a brick or a boulder, right? They should have. They should have already. They should have, but they they lost that game and they were embarrassed. You can see it on their faces during yeah. the press conference, and you don't get to go against Bill Belichick again just yet, but you do get Tom Brady. You know what Tom Brady is going to do? He's going to hand the ball off to Leonard Fournette a lot, right? That, I mean, Bruce, it's a copycat league. You know, Ronald Jones may even get a lot of carries this game. And um, the Bills are going to have to step up and stop the run. But I think you're going to see a little bit of grit from these Buffalo Bills. And I, I honestly would not be surprised if they won the game by a field goal. Where was that grit after they lost by 30 against the Jaguars at home three weeks ago, man? The, the, the wheels have fallen off the Bills' wagon. They're not circling. It's just, no, that's true. Listen, They're I'm, falling apart, man. They are. I'm not a believer in this team. I'll tell you that. But I, I think getting smacked by a division foe. Like that I, next I, week, I whoever's who's ever on your on your schedule that next week, uh, if you do have any dog in you, that's when it comes out. If the Buccaneers trash the Bills, it's official that the Bills are trash. In my well, opinion. Patriots are gonna use, that's the division. That's why I'm saying it's like right now. I think the Bills know as well as everybody else knows they just got beat by the guys who are winning the division currently. And if they go down again, right now when the Patriots have a bye week. There, it's you know that's going to be tough to recover from. I mean, you got the Patriots well rested right after this, skating along in first place now by a full game. You can't drop. You can't drop even more when you know right now. And 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 what is it? They've lost three of their last four. Uh, it's mm-hmm. just like you said. It feels like the the wheels are falling off. That's why I am thinking that this game will be ultra competitive because they're. For all intents and purposes, I think their season's on the line, right? It is. It is. It's a big momentum shift, and they will have to literally swing that pendulum the other way manually to get back into the playoff hunt if they lose this game. I, I guarantee you this. You're going to see, because they did just get run over, knowing the ball was going to get run every down, play action over the top at least two to three times, Tom Brady, for a deep oh, touchdown. Because they're going to be dogs. They're going to yeah. say, we're going to stop the run. Safety's coming down, and he's just going to see that audible play action over the top. Mike Evans, good Godwin, whoever it is. Uh, I don't think that game's going to be close. Yeah, I mean, they were scared of that against the Patriots. That's that's why. I mean, Bill was running it so much. They're like, all right, he's eventually got to pass it. We don't want to get caught sleeping, and he's stuck with the run. So it's this is going to be a weird game for the Bills. I agree with that. Um, but, hey, week 14 is full of some great matchups. Uh, it's definitely going to be a get-your-popcorn-ready type of weekend in the NFL. But what do we care about most? Our fantasy football team. 100%. Right? 
because that's what's putting money in our pockets if we're hanging in there and we're about to win. So this is the time of year where you have to be really creative. Um, you have to be creative because, um, you know, it's late in the season. You're probably trying to make a playoff run. I mean, if you take a look at the teams that are on a bye this week, uh, you got the Colts, the Dolphins, the Patriots, and the Eagles. Not a lot of fantasy football must starts in that pool of people. So everybody, you should be good to go. I mean, it really sucks if Jonathan Taylor is your running back because he's off this week, especially if that's who's been holding it down for you. So I'll give you a guy that you should look to start this week. Deontay Foreman of the Tennessee Titans. And I'll tell you why he's a good replacement. Because he just got handed the job. He had 19 carries just before their bye week. And then this week, uh, you know, the Titans, they're eight and four. Their playoff hopes are on the line. And who are they playing against? The Jacksonville Jaguars, who have the 21st ranked run defense in the NFL. Uh, this is a good week to start forming if you need a Jonathan Taylor replacement or if you just need a replacement for any other type of circumstance or reason. Um, that's a good guy to plug in and start. I got a sit him in that same game. Okay. And it's Robinson, man. It's uh starting running back for the Jaguars. Yeah. He's got, I don't know what's going on with Urban. He's treating his NFL players like they're college dudes. Yeah. And he's benching them after one fumble when he's only got three fumbles on the whole year. And he's the only talented player on their team. Maybe Marvin Jones, but he's disappeared in the last 10 weeks. Shouldn't James Robinson, James Robinson, he's the only good player on that team offensively. And he benched them. But then put him back in the fourth quarter garbage time for three carries and acts like it was just a rotation thing. Robinson's pissed. Urban Meyer's a spiteful dude. He's not going to play him. Even if Robinson gets a bulk of the carries, I just don't think he's going to be as productive as his owners, namely me, have had him be the whole year. Uh, so it's crazy. But if you do have RB depth, I'd put someone else in over Robinson because I don't think that he's going to do well this week at all. I don't think I don't think he wants to do well, and I don't think Urban Meyer wants him to do well. It's it is wild. That's that, a very good pick. Yeah, I mean, Urban Urban Meyer is you know the way that he was saying, you know, I need to use Lavisca Chenault uh, uh, better. I might move him to running back, you know, a couple weeks ago, and it's just like it is. It's like what is your college? This isn't these aren't college guys. You know, have run some screens, runs you know, get them open, run some slants, yeah. get them in the open field because Chenault is an athlete. So let them get get let them get out in the open. Make guys miss. I mean, it's it feels like they have young talent there, like young elite talent, right? Like guys that have super high ceilings. But he's not the guy to get the best out of him. He's not going to squeeze the juice. If he's you not- if you've watched Robinson all year, the way he finishes his runs, you know, he makes the one yard run three. He makes a three yard yeah. run five. Like he's just he's been a monster all year, and. It's not like Tiki Barber fumbleitis. Like, it hasn't been 11, 12 fumbles. Like, have to relearn how to carry the ball. He's had three. And you, you're a bench dude mid-game when he's gaining yards because of that. It's just – it's crazy. So, yeah, I'm not yeah. starting him this week. Well, I got to start him. I got to start him in, uh, in in the Vikings game here for you because Thielen's out again. We got to go with K.J. Osborne. K.J. Osborne, I mean, yeah, Justin Jefferson is going to get – a. Siri, he's gonna get the ball stuffed down his throat. Always gets him. Um, but uh, 
but KJ Osborne, when Thielen was out last week, he caught a touchdown. But beyond that, he had um, you know seven targets thrown his way. I anticipate he's probably going to get a few more um, with with Pittsburgh coming in. So, um, you know, they're they're at home, so they're in the dome. He's going to be all right. He's, you know, good weather against Pittsburgh team that's looking a little bit shaky, anyways. So, frankly. I think KJ Osborne's guaranteeing you for at, at least you know five, six, seven catches. Um, you know, get get you in that flex, maybe even wide receiver two range um, for this week against Pittsburgh. That's my stardom. Man, that's going to be a really gritty game. Um, we're talking Thursday night football: the Vikings versus the Steelers. I actually think that's a good stardom. Uh, but the Steelers coming off of a spirited win, they go on the road to play the Vikings, who are coming off of. Uh, you know, the only team in the league so far that has played the Detroit Lions and have not come out victorious. Um, this is going to be a very competitive game. Um, I think that's going to be I think I think that's a good pick. I think that's a good pick. I'll tell you my sit -em. And we're going to go back to a New York state of mind, but we're not going to talk about the Knicks. We're not going to talk about the Jets. We definitely aren't talking about the Yankees. We're talking about those New York Giants. Do not start Saquon Barkley this week. They're playing on the road in Los Angeles against the Chargers. Daniel Jones has been a questionable quarterback, but do you know who's even more questionable than Daniel Jones? Jake Fromm is going to be the starting quarterback for the first time this week for the New York Jets. Freddie Kitchens is calling the offense. Saquon Barkley probably doesn't even want to play himself. They're going to get blown the freak out. There's not going to be a lot of carries. Um, the The Los Angeles Chargers uh, run defense has pretty much been solid all year long. So, uh, I mean, they're 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 middle. They're oh, I apologize. I was. They haven't been solid all year long. They're actually the second worst run defense in the league this season. Still, that, doesn't that, matter. That, doesn't, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. That does not yeah. matter. I was just fact-checking myself. It is still going to be an ugly game for the Giants. Not a lot of work for Saquon Barkley. I wouldn't trust him. Um, he hasn't been, he hasn't been doing anything with, with work. He, he, he's not, not been very good. And it's not easy to be uh, running back on a bad team, but he used to be better at it. He's not. He's a bad running back on a bad team right now. So That's true. Jake Brom doesn't help. Mike Lennon didn't help. Uh, yeah. It's not going to be good. Were we expecting Mike Glennon to come in and help? Is that? <laughs> I thought Mike Glennon was probably going to have his breakthrough, dude. I, I, I thought it was Glennon time, but uh, no, no, no one expected him to do well. Not under Jason Garrett's watch, I'll tell you that. Well, um, let me give you, uh, let me give you the the, the sit him just because it's it's a guy who <clears throat> used to be a giant star, and now he's sitting there with the Rams, and I don't believe he's going to be doing anything this week. He's so my stardom. Oh no! Well, you gotta sit this guy. Let's we'll, reveal. Uh, we'll hash this out. At we'll, we're gonna have to talk on Monday, um, uh, and, and see what happens. But honestly, honestly, I, I'm saying that to, to sit him, and he's you're saying you're saying Odell. Time, Odell, time. don't Odell. play him. Don't play him. If you have another option, do not play Odell. But he's in the dome. He he's, is he's chilling in Arizona. It's about to be a shootout. You have nope. to cut. You have to cover Cooper Cup. It's the best wide receiver in the league. He's going to be seen. And you know what? You got to cover Van Johnson. And Odell's finally breaking out. He's got a touchdown two weeks ago. He's got a touchdown this week. 
I'm looking at two tutties for Odell this week. I, I think Odell Arizona, Arizona is averaging 205 passing yards allowed per game. I mean, they're they're fourth in the league. Do, do uh, not I went I went no, 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 no. play no, no. and Kirk because Cousins was dicing also, them up, dude. And also, Matt Stafford's better than Kirk. No. Well, of course Stafford's better than Kirk Cousins. Come and on. I saw Kirk walking to that Stafford, three listen, I have Stafford. I have Stafford on my fantasy team. I just believe he's going to be dealing to other people. He's got, he's got like you just said, he's got Van Jefferson, he's got Higgins, he's got Cup. He's got, and then okay, okay, great. He's got OBJ. OBJ got uh five catches for 27, 27 yards. That's he's not funny. running. He's not running deep routes. So even if he does put another one yeah, in, what, what about that? What about that deep ball week two? Was it sixty-one yards? He if he does put crew? one in the end zone, Moran. If he puts one in the end zone, he's still maxing out. Like his ceiling is just not high. I think he's got a couple out. weeks in the offense. He's finally back with a quarterback that likes converting third downs, unlike Baker Mayfield. Uh, I'm starting OBJ this weekend, CJ. Uh, I'm sitting. Oh. I think he's going to get you under 15 points, which is not in wide receiver one or two. Yeah, I think you all have better options than that. Well, I, well, I mean, if, if Odell this year was your wide receiver one or two, you're not playing meaningful fantasy games. But I'm, <laughs> I'm putting Odell in my flex for certain. Okay, that, that, I, think he's, I think he, oh. he he's going to be under 15 guaranteed, potentially under 10. I put him over 12. All right. So well, stat let's, line. What do you guys say? How many receptions? How many yards does he get a touchdown? Eight catches, eighty-five yards, two tutties. Whoa. Okay. Okay. Ready? Eight catches, sixty yards, no tutties. Done deal. So basically, we're just talking tutties right now. Yeah. Okay, so like, you guys think Odell is going to get eight catches against the? Um... He's going to find those short routes, right? But it's going to amount to very little. I mean, five catches for twenty-seven yards. We're looking at just over five yards. You're gonna, short. you're gonna be gonna sitting there some... watching red zone, and you're gonna see a signature old school Odell slant over the middle house ball because they got four people covering good cup. I'm going three know. catches, forty-two yards, one touchdown um, for Odell. And Here, I don't know. Cool. I, that's pretty good for a flex start. I don't know if you want to start him or sit him, Daddy, with that stat line. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's an emergency start. I actually, me personally, I I put him on a bench because he may not score. I'm not starting Odell. I'm just not starting Odell. Um, <laughs> I, it doesn't matter who they're playing against. I just don't think that it's easy for wide receivers to transition into a brand new offense, and I'm not putting my fantasy hopes on it. Um, I'll tell you one receiver that did it very well. His name is Amari Cooper, but that's for another topic another day. Um, but, hey, great stuff, uh, James. Listen, great episode. Thank you for coming on today. It's to been a pleasure, boy. It's been a pleasure. Bringing it on down. We absolutely must do this again um, at some point soon. So that was great. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we also want you on the Side to Side Sportscast. Call it how you see it. Call it how you saw it. Call out the people who didn't see it, how you saw it, and let's do this thing. Get side to side. Hit the website. Hit us on the socials. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been fun. We got to run. We out.